Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Exploring Nollywood podcast. I'm your host, Mimi, and with me, I have a very special guest. I've actually worked for her, writing on the site. So, okay, please, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hello, everyone. My name is Oge, and I run a website where I review Nigerian movies called NollywoodReinvented.com, and I have been running this website for nine years now. I think your website was part of the reason why I got into Nollywood at Yay. the beginning. Yeah. Nice. Because <laughs> at the beginning, you know, we were just, um, if you listen to, listen to podcasts, I've especially always watched Nollywood. And then when I came to the UK, it was sort of like a good way to hold on past and that. Mm-hmm. And when I started watching it, I discovered your site and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And so I started, mm-hmm. re- I started reading, I started watching more and I was like, you know what? Why don't I write as well? And um, so mm-hmm. how did you get into Nollywood? How did you, we'll, we'll talk about how you got into Nollywood first, and then we'll talk about your creation of the site. So how yeah. did you get into Nollywood? So I did listen to your podcast as well, where you went over your Nollywood story um, with your co-host. And I think our stories are pretty similar. I mean, I grew up watching Nollywood movies, going to like the store and renting VHS Mm. and rewinding and all of that jazz and then when I came when I moved over to America there was also not that connection there wasn't a lot of people to um, discuss Nollywood movies which which is where I started which is why I started writing but Nollywood was always a connection back home so that love has endured on and off but mostly endured it is so interesting because everyone I've talked to that has moved from Nigeria has that story so Mm -hmm. it's really important to us as Nigerians like the role I'm sorry. Right. Um, so it seems really important to us. So how did you get into writing? Where did you get the idea from? Because at that point, I think there was only mm-hmm. like three blogs that, and they weren't really mm-hmm. not. So how did you get the idea and how did you get into creating the site? Honestly, I think it was like frustration that birthed, birthed the idea mm-hmm. because I remember watching a movie like when I was in Nigeria and in boarding boarding school in Nigeria we would go on vacation watch a bunch of Nigerian movies and then when we come yeah. back to school or come back to the dorms we'd yeah. all gather and talk about the movies that we watched oh yeah if you haven't seen it somebody would tell you the whole story and then yes, we'd deconstruct. I love that. why did the mother-in-law do that why did she do what kind of a stupid woman is if it was me <laughs> I would have done it like this mm. and I would watch these movies and none of my white friends were there to talk to me about it so I tried to find somewhere online to have the discussions and it didn't exist. Um, so not even just that it didn't exist, like there wasn't a presence. I wanted a place where I could like Google, I could Google Ibu Benwago and Google mm-hmm. Michael's Ronye and type in cultists. And I wanted life incidents to pop up. I wanted to be able to find the movies that I love and there wasn't a presence. So I set, up, I set out to find, to create that platform, so to speak. And um, so at the beginning, was there like much obstacles you had to overcome, you know, any hardships? Uh, It was a learning curve um, because there weren't too many. It wasn't like someone I could go to and just basically copy what they've done. Back then, there were two prominent Nigerian reviewers. There was um, Nollywood Forever and there was Miss Tilly. But uh, honestly, aside from that, I was... trying to do something honestly I don't even know if I knew that I was trying to do something different I just kind of Mm -hmm. did what I wanted to do and learned as I went of course as time went by there was all the other struggles like when you didn't like a movie 
and then the actor insults you on Twitter. Or Twitter oh, Twitter. last episode, <laughs> we actually talked about that. I wrote a review, and I can still remember that movie. That movie was so bad. So what I wrote a review. Um, what's it called? Oh, it had Mona Lisa Chinda in it, and oh crap! I'm I don't know that. I feel like I, I know what you're talking. The way you're talking about was it with Desmond Elliott and the no, 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 no. This okay. was about this was when the sort of newer Nollywood movies were coming in, so they went like mm-hmm. traditional, and it had Mona Lisa Chinda and um the lady that came for me. Um, <laughs> so I wrote a bad review on the site. I wrote mm-hmm. like I think that was my most damning review ever, and <laughs> so she hops in <laughs> on the comments. And then she she messages me and like just full on wow. it was wow wow so <laughs> yeah that at least it, it teaches you to have a tough skin at least this person had the decency to like email you in private I've been dragged <laughs> on Twitter yeah. and I'm just like do you have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so, interesting. I can I can I definitely understand that. <laughs> But the thing is, we are even harsh. I feel like Honestly, we... I, I don't. There's this account on Instagram, and I don't remember the name right now. And I just read the reviews, and I'm just like, <laughs> you still, you're still alive. If I tried this a few years ago, they would have found me and burned down my house. But every other review is insulting the generation of the filmmaker. And I'm just like, okay, this is what we do now, I guess. But as you as you were saying, what other obstacles did you find was like someone wouldn't expect if you're just like review blog? Hmm. I mean, I think the biggest challenge really is living abroad and reviewing Nigerian movies in Nigeria. It was there were access issues, and I mean, since I've started the blog, the distribution pattern for Nigerian movies have evolved. Mm-hmm. I started when we were just DVDs. The cinema culture was just growing. And technically, you can still say the cinema culture is still just growing. Um, but I, t- I remember tweeting a while back that like people nowadays are spoiled. Sugar Rush came out what, in December, November, and you're already watching it on Netflix. Do you know how many years I had to wait for EJ to come? Yeah. <laughs> to become <Yes>. available <laughs> after it was released initially. Like, so there was definitely a lot of challenges trying to get my hands on the movie. Now, with the whole Netflix, Iroko TV, I think there's definitely an advantage or growing. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the access we now have. As you said, those days, you see a movie advertised on social media or, so, or YouTube, and it would be, mm-hmm. it would take up to years For to real. get the movie. It's so plural. how do you think, I'm sorry? I said plural years, not just one. <laughs> I'm still waiting for some movies. I haven't seen them. But, you know, the fact that YouTube, Iroko, Ibaka, Netflix, how do you think that has changed the way you review movies? Hmm. I think it's just changed the way I think of it. Even before it became more prominent, it was kind of clear where the trajectory was going. I mean, Nollywood has a lot of viewers outside Nigeria, not just the Nigerians and diaspora. There's there's people from the islands that watch Nigerian movies. I mean, mm. 
the goal yeah. is eventually to maybe get to a place where Korean dramas or Indian movies are probably Korean dramas more so for foreign watchers. So we're going to start getting judged against international standards. And that's when I went back with the website and I, I kind of divided things up. So now I have a separate section for home videos, which I would refer more to as things that don't have a cinematic release, things where the filmmaker is not Yeah. Things where they're not pushing an international appeal. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean it won't be seen internationally, but I'm a bit softer on my numbering ratings for that. Um, But then there's also the big releases. There's your wedding party. There is your... um, there's your living in bondage and those i hold more to international standards things i won't things i won't tolerate for an american movie i don't want to tolerate it for a living in bondage and within reason right because i know that the budget for living in bondage is not game of thrones but still certain aspects like the story should make sense and the things that you're asking the audience to believe so that's definitely something that has changed with the move towards online i'm holding movies to higher standards so reviewing Nollywood, um, we've 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 talked a bit about that reviewing Nollywood, but what are the special what what are the like concessions you make from Nollywood? What are the okay? So for for example, to me, the biggest scene sin a Nollywood movie can make is to be boring. I don't care mm-hmm. whatever is happening. If it's boring, it just should not happen. So what mm-hmm. are some special things that you look for to review in a Nollywood movie? What are the concessions? What are the things that you you want to see in Nollywood? Hmm. I think something I want to see more of probably going forward, actually, not so much in our movies right now, is just things that are originally ours. So hmm. not, I don't want to see a Nigerian movie, a Nollywood movie that could have as well been made in Brooklyn, that could oh, okay. have as well been made in any other country like i just i want things that make it seem nigerian it doesn't mean that we all have to tie up and run around trees but when we try to act like victoria island and third mainland bridge is the beginning mm. and the end of nigeria <laughs> that's a bit far-fetched if there's and it doesn't mean don't shoot movies in victoria island but let your characters be distinct nigerian Let's, yeah, let's Shade be Shade and different from Tiffany Baker. I want to feel something there. And I think the best, the best Nigerian movies really pull you into a world that you can only get from Nigerian movies. So when a movie succeeds in doing that, I think that's definitely a bar above the rest, which is why I keep referencing this village running scene from Living in Bondage. It just felt very you can't get that in the industry yeah it felt very us um but there besides that something i look for in every movie is just good honestly good storytelling i think we don't have money for a lot of fancy technology we don't have money sometimes you you know you might be watching a movie where the budget is very low and they keep talking about this wedding this wedding this wedding we keep planning this wedding and then when it's time for the wedding you won't see the wedding it'll be the day after the wedding and people are coming in or the evening of the wedding and people are coming in from the wedding i mean i know you couldn't afford to show a wedding that's fine but just make sure your story is solid and your yeah make sure your story your writing doesn't make the absence feel missed do you think that there are some stories that are uniquely Nigerian? I do. Do you not? I think so. I think um, 
Let me see. You see, I think certain themes appear worldwide in different forms. Like love is a universal theme, but love in Abiyokuta is different from love. Actually, you know what? I just start making more Igbo references. Love in Oweri <laughs> is different from love in Los Angeles. I mean, and we shouldn't give an Oweri setting and be pretending like you have the same issues you would in Los Angeles. I think the themes are the same, but the way it manifests in our society is different. And it's not that it's wrong for you to decide to make a Los Angeles story in Oweri or Lagos. It's just that if people had a choice been watching a Los Angeles story in a set in Los Angeles made by people in Los Angeles versus a Los Angeles story set in a way made by people from Lagos. It's yeah. we would choose the more authentic one and just go with that. So if you if you want to have an edge, then stick to things that make you different. I think okay. that that's what about things that you excuse just because it's a Nigerian because we all know that if we're criticizing a <laughs> not a Hollywood movie and if we're criticizing mm-hmm. a Nollywood movie. The, the standards are not the same so what are some of the things where you are willing for your standards to be dropped so the analogy i gave you with the wedding with the wedding yeah. movie where the wedding never happens that those are things that you expect to like excuse in nigerian movies i think um and then there was that living in bondage moment i don't know if you remember where um ramsey first meets namdi and he gives him the car keys and yes they're driving around. I don't, that scene was so very obviously green screen to me. Like it was very CGI. Uh-huh. It was very obviously not real. <laughs> and things like that. I don't know. I wouldn't see that issue in Fast and Furious. But you mm. see it and you shake your head and you're like, I guess this is how far the, the budget reached. So we get so what we get is what we get. Or accepting of special effects failure. <laughs> we, we are, I still make notes of it. It's mentioned in my review. But mm. I'm, more, I'm less accepting of it in a living in bondage than I am in a regular Iroko TV movie. Something else I guess we accept is like that, those gunshot scenes oh where God. fire is coming out of the end. I'm like, which gun still has fire? In <laughs> which gun? Why are we still doing this? You, I, you don't think about it. You've accepted it in all the Nollywood movies you've been watching until one day somebody points it out. Those are my concessions. Bad graphics and low budgets. So, what does a bad Nigerian movie look like to you? Boring, <laughs> like you said. Just generally, as the watchers mm-hmm. of Nolly, we watch a lot of crap. Agreed. But we watch Agreed. it to the end. So, what is that Ooh. thing that makes you that makes you stop while watching your film? You're like, this is too much. I can't take it anymore. Like, I can't take this rubbish anymore. I think for it's probably different for people like you and I versus the average watcher of a Nollywood because. You and I would probably see a movie that most people think is okay and will think is two runs below average at best. And they're just like, ah, you're too tough. But many of those people who think it's okay are watching it while they're cooking food that takes five hours to cook. So they're not really having to sit down and endure the overly drawn out scenes. They're not having to sit down and watch this actor try and act. And and you are, and you're having having to watch that. I think for probably for me... A bad movie is just one that, like, the story is... The story is just bad. Like, the story isn't... It's one where the story isn't 
developed enough to keep anybody's attention and that's that's where it begins and then if you now add on to that people who cannot act and are trying to convince they're trying to convince themselves that they can act talk less of me those two together is just it's a no-go and i think it's probably the same for the average viewer like a story that doesn't make sense plus bad acting i think we'll tolerate bad production but no, we won't no we won't i don't think so because that's what we started watching Nollywood for, is the stories. We liked the stories. Nothing else was working. The acting was maybe working, but like the stories were entertaining. And if you're not doing that, then why is this camera on? Oh, that's, 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 a, that's a lovely way to say that. And it's quite true. This is, this is, this is a point of con- contention. <laughs> Old Nollywood versus new Nollywood, yes? <laughs> so new Nollywood is giving us different things different stories as he said different acting different type of things so what makes a good new nollywood movie to you and obviously mm-hmm. we're talking about not the youtube although some youtube movies are really crushing it but exactly. what makes what makes a good new nollywood movie mm. what are you considering new nollywood movie i'm for me i'm considering um I would kind of consider a Roku TV movie's new Nollywood to a certain extent, or are you considering just like the big budget ones new Nollywood? Um, I and this is this is something I need to do an episode on because I keep mentioning new Nollywood, old Nollywood, and very few people. Know that. Um, <laughs> exactly. But you know, new Nollywood movies are the ones on Iroko, are the ones you find on Ibaka or like Afrivo or all those other ones. Compared to, I mean, those those old Genevieve feeling kind of movies are still being made in Asaba. So those movies are they, yeah, they're still being released on YouTube, and they have like eight parts as normal. It's there's a marked difference between that and the movies that you find on Iroko, for example, because the mm-hmm. production is higher, the stories are different, mm-hmm. everything is just like new. We're just being, we're not like the old new Nollywood that we knew in our childhood. So what would you consider to be a good new Nollywood movie? It's a bit of a weird question because we have literally been, we've just been talking about a new Nollywood movie. But <laughs> I, think... Apart from, I think the main issue for me is that the demarcation isn't as clear as it, it you would want it to be. So it's very hard to yeah. understand. But and everybody like, will have a different definition. But now that you've oh, defined it, at least people know what you mean or what you're referring to. I'm definitely um, going to episode on that so i will look forward to listening to listening to that episode so movies on iroko on ibaka not the ones on youtube that have eight seasons and all star freaks i don't understand the fascination with ken erics i've not heard his name so much until i started listening to the podcast. <laughs> i'm just like what is this did i miss something you know don't think maybe i will understand but ken eric's not first ken, ken i love you i'm not going to lie but come on <laughs> what is all this ken i can't explain it to myself <laughs> wow wow Damn, they really just shaded the poor man. He's somewhere minding his business. And you're just like, not canaries to everybody else. <laughs> wow. He's always on my mind, I can't lie. <laughs> Apparently, he's, he's, what he's doing is walking because he's staying on your mind. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, cool. Sorry, your question is, what makes a good new Nollywood movie, in my yeah. estimation? 
I think um, when we started making new Nollywood movies, we all decided to stay in the same in the same setting, the same genre of storytelling. Um, there's always it's just it's really pretty people, you know, doing really pretty people things and falling in love in pretty houses. There's not a lot of fabric to the storyline. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of depth. And one example is coming up to my mind right now. There's this movie called Cooked Up Love, and oh. I think it has Enado Rodigie in it and Pretty Boy Jimmy. Rodukoya. And it's a love story about two exes. The guy is a chef, and then he has to end up working with his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, and then they fall in love again. Pretty simple enough. There's no reason why it shouldn't work. The problem is it's very formulaic. That's what it is. That's my problem with new Hollywood movies. It's just we have this formula that we think that will work. What's it called? Two people hate each other and they love each other. But we don't actually write in the fabric. The parts that will make people fall in love with the characters, the parts that will make people fall in love with the storyline. Not Old Nollywood was probably able to achieve that easier because there's a longer time for you to get to know the characters. So they could fill it up with all the useless fluff that they want. And we didn't know better, so we accepted all the useless scenes. But at the end of the movie, we got to a part where we knew these characters, we had an attachment to them when they were finally getting revenge on their... I don't know, mother-in-law, we felt the passion with them. But now that everything is, what, an 60 minutes to 90 minutes, you don't have that time. So you have to make sure your writing has in it something that will make the audience fall for the characters or connect with the characters. If not, you're just writing a formula. You're writing scene one, boy and girl meet. Scene two, boy and girl fight. Scene three, boy and girl cry for boy and girl fall in love like otherwise you need to make it you need to make it different from the other story the other movie that's telling the exact same story in a different setting as well so a good nollywood movie long story short short is one that actually creates a connection at least oh okay yeah i i agree and i think i don't need to ask about the bad new nollywood because i think you're studying and i feel like i bash new nollywood a lot i mean we can do better <laughs> so we're just pushing them to do better that's what that is that's how i think of it yes let's agree on that <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so let's mm-hmm. move on to living in bondage the, se- the sequel have you watched mm-hmm. the the og 1992 one absolutely i actually watched it again like i think mm-hmm. a few days before the sequel came out on netflix it was still fresh in my mind as you you've said you've spoken a bit of it but how would you approach reviewing a movie like that what are the things that you look for what make like what makes it good in your eye what makes it bad how do you quantify the different terms and the different like categories so what Mm -hmm. how is your approach to us interviewing that kind of reviewing not interviewing reviewing a living in bondage got you so i think the um the easy trap is to like try and draw similarities to the original or be insulted if it doesn't be. I think, it, and it's with adaptations of books to movies because you have an emotional attachment to something. Living in Bondage, the, the original is a huge film for most people. And yep. many people saw it when it first came out and those people are still in their prime today. And those people are watching the sequel. I think the film did a good job of honoring its past while being a completely different story. Because if it was just going to, I don't know, continue the story of Andy, 
then there would be a lot more pressure on it. But because it's a story of his son, it's a whole new story. And it still brings back the Bob Manuel, your Kanayo. So you yeah. still feel that connection. So I don't really, I don't begrudge it too much. I think, I don't know if you've seen The Perfect Picture. Um, it's a Ghanaian oh. movie with Shirley. Yeah. And she did a remake. She did a sequel, so to speak, now. now. Exactly. And that's still the same character. So that one probably has a harder mountain to climb than Living in Bondage would because Living in Bondage, the, the sequel is different stories. And that one was the same people just continued later. So I try to separate the stories and just, yeah, review it as, as a own work. Mm-hmm. So what do you actually think of the film? I loved it. And I mean... I've seen it two and a half times because by the third time, I'm just like, okay, it's too much <laughs> to behave yourself. I loved it. I think it definitely had its flaws. Um, uh, but still, I think the general feeling of the movie, like, I, what a film. And I was entertained. Okay. Um, what did you think? Uh, oh, well, I, I, really, I really liked it. Because mm-hmm. oh, in terms of the podcast, we spoke to my sister's boyfriend and he was talking about all the, you know, all the things about Nollywood that he just kind of understands because he's white. And then watching mm-hmm. that film, we watched that film with him. And I think I enjoyed it even more because then mm-hmm. you, you now kind of hear like, oh, this is cinematography. Oh, this is plot. And so I, I did really like it. I do think, and here's the mm-hmm. issue. <laughs> Mm-hmm, I do sorry. think that there should have been more confidence. The director should have had more confidence. As we know, that's Ramsey Noah's like, debut. I think there were mm-hmm. some points where he should have had the confidence to believe that he can create this and not mm-hmm. like over-rely on, not over-rely mm-hmm. on, like, over-explaining it to the audience. But <laughs> it was all good. It was nice. Like, what kind of cliches are you speaking about? Oh, especially, I think the... The part of the film that I mm, that I don't think was that good was the love story between Kelly and the main character. Okay. I think that at, it was okay. He was able to communicate about the character, the relationship, the love between them without refusing uh-huh. to doing those things where they're, you know, feeding each other food or like, you know, uh, relating to each got other you. or like those. I think that the director should have had confidence that I can can like get across what I want to about these characters without doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think I even imagine like I think there's probably people who feel like there wasn't enough of the love part because they probably also just came for the love parts. Like they wanted to see the cliche romance. And I imagine that there's probably a lot more of that cliche romance that dropped off at the cutting board, like with the editor. Mm. But I see your point as well. I think um, in Nollywood, we have a tendency to rely on the cliches. A thing that pops in my head right now is um, when Nambi first meets Kelly and they Mm. walk to their walk to his car and yeah. just the entire exchange in that scene like it wasn't a cliche I don't think yes I think it was it was so original it was fresh it was pure you understand like you can see the you can see the feeling in his eyes you can see her being like ah this guy kind of makes sense and then I also liked the scene between them in the living room right when they were really dancing or singing or something like that yeah. and I see your point I see your point there as well. I think if, even without the additional stuff, the love was mm-hmm. definitely 
relate. But again, it could have been him pandering to general audiences, which he didn't need to do as well. But that pandering love. to people who feel that they need to see that. That love. Which is mm-hmm. another... In- the thing is, yes, Nollywood as a whole and love stories are so close together. They're like, it's mm. Nollywood is like 70% love story. And I find that really interesting because as industry matures, as it changes, we're having mm-hmm. less of the love stories. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Like this movement from just not saying uh, Cinderella miss, meets the prince, she suffers, he's mm-hmm. a good guy, they kiss. And mm-hmm. what, what do you think mm-hmm. about that? This movement away from romance. I feel like romance in every industry is played out. What else can you do with the storyline? There's only so many variations of boy meets girl, boy and girl fight, boy and girl fall in love and live happily ever after. But something someone told me once is really that every story is a love story in some regard. Whether or the question is whether or not they decide to hyper focus on that or to have it as a sideline. So even your um, action films with uh, with the gangs or whatever. Mm-hmm those are probably there's this girl that he needs to save or even if it's not a girl or his brother that he needs to save, there's always that love story angle underneath it i think the movement away is i don't know if it's a complete movement away more so as people adding more flavors and more types of soups mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak so there's options so that we're broadening our audience reach if that makes what i don't like too much though is um the hyper comedy focus oh <laughs> yes oh. um so what did you think about the acting in living i really liked swanky which is mm-hmm. um the guy who plays namdi i felt like exactly especially in scenes like the one i mentioned about the car he's just very flexible and i think that's also the word i used in the review with his he just adapts to a situation and i'm sure that's also reflective of directing because i know it didn't come out of nowhere there were a few people that for instance kelly um muna really pretty lovely um in the easy scenes she does well and i there's one part i'm sorry um, easy scenes muna does well but there's one particular scene that sticks out to me and that's the scene where she see they're in the bedroom and she sees a tattoo on Nandi's shoulder and then she has to respond and in that moment I can tell the difference between I can clearly see the director directing the cinematographer doing his shots Mm -hmm. and I can see Kelly trying I see I can see Mona trying to be Kelly and I didn't like that and then there's also I think it's hard to say to really speak on people's acting when what they're doing is easy as opposed exactly. to when you're actually required to do something that require that like convinces the audience otherwise of something different or something new so those two stuck out for me as far as acting and then there was that journalist guy oh yes that journalist guy i wasn't really sure what oku was doing the entire movie no but as far as the acting goes there was room for improvement but and I hate to compare with other works, but as far as what we've seen, mm. this is actually. What were your thoughts on the acting? I, 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 you know, um, Sanki Jerry, what where I liked his acting. Um, I mm-hmm. think that there's this tendency in Nollywood. There's we we have the beats that we want to go. In. We have what we recognize as acting, like mm-hmm. but 
I feel like he went a bit further. So scenes where he had to be scared, scenes where mm-hmm. he had to be uncertain. I I think that he really at those points he was able to move beyond Nollywood acting to give us something that mm-hmm. is better than what we would have been seeing from Nollywood. I agree mm-hmm. about that. At that first scene where we meet her in the party, she's very good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as more conflicts come, she is not able to handle it. And and yeah. we both agree, what the hell was that journalist guy doing? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I see where they wanted to go, but the worst yeah, thing I hate <laughs> the worst thing I hate is when I can see actors act. And that's mm-hmm. what he was doing, trying to act. But the yeah. veterans as well. And that's why I really like the movie because it went beyond asking them for the normal Nollywood expressions. It went asking them to be menacing, asking them to be not just scary, but, mm. you know, confident, hateful, devilish. Especially that church scene with Andy, sorry to cut you off, that church scene yeah. with um, Ramsey and his real name's not Andy, right? Kenneth O'Connor. That scene was acting. I loved it. That was, that scene was you know what scene I also really loved at the Which beginning, one? where the mm-hmm. when Namdi has a dream with uh, Kanayo Kanayo. Mm, I and I think, it. Yeah, that was a scene that uh, that needed more than the normal Nollywood scary ritualist acting. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to acting, that's what I love. When they go beyond what we see in Nollywood, when we exactly. see fear, uncertainty, venison. So I did. It was a well-acted piece-ish. I can only imagine how how much fun that was for Kanayo to like mm. have a scene that required. I mean, it's still the usual, but required him to dig dig deeper than his regular ritualists. You know, I, that's methods. what I like about New Nollywood. That is asking even the veteran actors to go beyond. Man, it's not everyday rituals. It's not everyday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What did you think about the plot, the actual story, characters, the plot, the movements, the climax, all these things? So I did. I liked the story for one. It had a story, which many Nigerian movies these days, if I'm already sure. I mean, I think they think they have stories, but the story is not enough to keep anybody no. seated. Going in, you already know that, you know, Nandi is going to meet ritualists. You know that he's going to be tempted to go the ways of his father. The question is, does he go the way of his father? If he does, what is the what is the um, repercussions for him? So you're not really coming in there completely on a... But the development yeah. of the story, I think for me, the real test of a good story is if I'm connected to it. And mm. I remember that scene with Namdi and his brother slash cousin. But anyways... But that, that scene with him and his brother slash cousin where he comes to meet him right before right before Ramsey is telling him, oh, kill him, kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, that moment, you just, I don't know, I feel a connection in the brotherhood. Like, it does a good job of telling yeah. a story that you feel like you belong in. I always um, go back to that, like, village scene. And this is where the directing and the story and the writing just come together beautifully for me, where... Mm-hmm. Nandi first goes back to the village on the morning bus and he meets his cousin by the fruit cellar and they just run home. That felt yeah. like old Nollywood at its purest. It felt like the days of Blood Sisters. It just felt like I'm in the village, you know? Yeah. It felt very... It was good storytelling, I think. You can argue that the end was rushed, but 
But the story is mm. interesting. The climax is very well. I like the story. I like the plot. I just think that there were some points that needed to be sharper. There were some points that they needed to like, there were lots of scenes that they could have cut and would have mm-hmm. made no difference to the story. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. just me. What about the look of the film? That film was, it was the cinematography. Right. The- I like, so I did, I liked the shots that were chosen. I did feel like sometimes it was a bit unnecessary. So let's put it this way. I have this, there's this new Nollywood thing of just, now that we have, now that we have discovered drones, we're going to put them everywhere. We're going to have a bunch of drone shots. There are frames that we decided to make more grander. Like, why, why is everything so freaking spectacular, spectacular, spectacular? I get it. So there's a lot of things that you see that are supposed to create an effect. There was just moments where I'm like, Mm, this was not necessary. I also felt like there's this thing Nigerian movies tend to do a lot of, which is the music, where we have audio and Nollywood. They are no friends at all. At all. Do you think that this movie was able to like marry the two and not do the thing that most Nollywood movies do? What is the thing that not most Nollywood do? Not Nollywood movies do in your estimation? Just first of all, very loud music, very loud background, very loud soundtrack, very loud and often unmatched audios. So you can have this song going at eight four and you're struggling (laughs) to hear. To hear no. So I don't think it did like that bit. I, I think they were they had a little sense in that regard. As far as the music and the very loud music, I think they did that mostly in the beginning parts, maybe to get people's attention, you know, like appealing to their to their love of Afrobeats so they so you will sit down and watch the movie. Um I think there's something Nollywood movies do that I that hopefully we we fall back from and that's just using overly intense music. I feel like sometimes less could be more and could be as effective. But again, I don't know if that's attributed to our culture. Like or if it's just or if it's just lazy filmmaking, it's hard to say. Because if you watch maybe if you watch Indian movies, you'll see a lot more loud music than you will see in Korean dramas. And I tend to think that might just be the differences in cultures between people. So if Nigerian movies are using more intense music, I'm thinking maybe that's just our culture. No, that's a question that we often ask as well. What where where does our culture start and where does just bad design start? All in all, how would you, what would be your conclusion on the movie? I think if somebody has not seen a Nollywood movie before, this would be a good place to start. This would be one of the movies that would be like, okay, start here, watch this one. That for me says a lot. I thought it was a really good movie. What did I rate it? It was about an 8 out of 10 for me. Oh, hi. My review on the movie was, yeah, it was was very well done, very cinematic. Mm -hmm. Could have Mm -hmm. been sharper, could have been shorter, (laughs) could have been a lot shorter. Could have been, yeah. I feel like we're all just getting to a point where, where if anything is up to two hours, we're like, why is this so freaking long? <laughs> Honestly, our attention span is nonsense. Considering that you were watching part one, part two, and part three when you were reviewing these ones, not just that, you're also watching season one, season two. So, season one, we have part one to three, season two, we have oh. part one to three. And they're just asking you to watch one, two, and a half hour movie, and we're complaining. Wow. Too much.